I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. For those of you who do not know or do not remember, this is a plumb line. It's a piece of string with a weight on the end, which just hangs down in front of you. And uh, this particular weight is a piece of plumbing hardware, which amused me. So the point of a plumb line is for ancient engineering and construction so you can find out if something is vertical. You hold the line up and you eyeball it and you can see whether your wall is standing askew or whether it is upright. And so this metaphor is used by Amos to talk about the uprightness of Israel. And, the, uh, and of course, this gets him in trouble, Amos the prophet. Um, gets a trouble for holding up the plumb line to Israel. And pursuing this metaphor a little further, it's not actually Amos that's holding up the plumb line. It is the Lord that is holding up the plumb line. And the, the Lord's plumb line is the law. It is what God has given Israel that they can look at and determine whether or not they are upright. It's the tool that God has given them to determine their uprightness. And that plumb line is there whether or not Amos is calling attention to it or not. So Amos calls attention to the plumb line, this vision of the wall and so forth, gets in trouble for it and, um, and is uh, in fear of his life. And of course is told to go do your prophecy somewhere else, uh, go be a prophet in another place. This is the, this is the kingdom and the, the ultimate authority belongs to the king. And Amos brilliantly says, this isn't about me. I'm not, a, not even a prophet. I'm just a dresser of sycamore trees and a herder. Um, I'm just a guy. And all I'm doing is telling you what the plumb line says. And of course, when you've held up that plumb line and had a look at the wall, you can't unsee what the plumb line has revealed. And thus it is with the law of Israel and the state of Israel. Now that it has been pointed out, you can't unsee it. And thus, the prophet's work is done. And it's not about being a prophet. It's about being compelled by the vision of the plumb line, by the vision of what is upright, to call attention to the ways in which the nation is not upright. This is the tradition of prophecy down through the ages. It is essentially some version of recalling God's principles, recalling what it means to be upright and calling Israel to faithfulness to those principles. And the, the fundamental theological uh, pr uh, foundation of the work of prophecy is that if the, if the nation of Israel is faithful to those principles that have been revealed in God's law, then it will be safe, secure, and prosperous. If it is unfaithfulness, then it will not be. And so what Amos is pointing out is because of their unfaithfulness, then disaster will befall them. And getting rid of Amos is not going to get rid of the disaster because it's not Amos's plumb line, it is God's plumb line. It's hard to find uh, good news in these, um, in these readings. Uh, they are words of caution. I, I jump from Amos now to the gospel where we hear of another prophet, John the Baptist, who again was holding up a plumb line uh, the law of God for Herod and Herodias the elder and saying this isn't measuring up. And their response is the same as the king of Israel in Amos' time, which is to say, stop talking about it. 
you're making trouble, and if you don't stop talking about it, bad things will happen to you. And of course, there's a limit to what Herod was willing to do, and then you have this little drama in the gospel where um, you, you have the playing out of the, the lack of uprightness in that little family system, such that the, you get the gruesome result of John's head on a platter. And what, what I'd like to point out is, in that interaction, every single person of the three of them has plausible deniability. Herod can say, I couldn't be an oath-breaker in front of my guests. That would, that would shame my family and bring disrepute on the ruling family of Israel. I can't do it. I, my hands were tied. Um, the daughter could say, I'm just doing what my mother told me. And the mother could say, oh, it was just a comment. I didn't mean for her to take it literally. And so nobody could be to blame for the terrible tragedy that came about. And yet the plumb line remains that, that, the, that instinctive recognition of what we have seen about justice and injustice remains and cannot be unseen. And so those of us reading this gospel lesson so many years later cannot unsee the terrible injustice and the actors that contributed to it and their various failings on the, en route. These might as well be contemporary stories. I, I, I'm going to mention here a name that I, I didn't know about until 2016, and her name is Berta Cacheras. Uh, she was a, an indigenous activist in Honduras. Uh, uh, she was a member of the Lenca people there, and uh, there was, there's controversy, there's ongoing controversy in Honduras about extractive industries and the claiming of land uh, that is actually... Uh, lived on and operated within by the traditional Lenca people. And so Berta was a thorn in the side of the government and the, uh, the family that owned the company that was going to build a dam that was going to put a whole pile of Lenca people off of their land. And uh, I, she was a friend of the Louisville Institute, uh, where I was physically resident for a week during my sabbatical break, and it was on that week that she was assassinated in her home. And just a week or two ago this month, um, they finally convicted the, the person who put the hit out on Berta. And of course, it was a director uh, of, the, of the hydroelectric company that had the contract to build the dam. And... They have had seven convictions in this case now. The six of them were the death squad that actually convicted, or that actually committed the, the direct assault, but, uh, but happily they have the one that gave the order that put the hit out. And, and what Berta was doing was holding up a plumb line to her people in the Honduras. And even though Berta is gone, the plumb line remains. And though it is late and slow, justice is coming for these people. Uh, and in fact, as a result of the assassination, uh, various international investors backed out of the deal and so forth, and so there is no dam, um, uh, and the people are still living and working that land. And so Berta, like so many before her and who will come after, was a modern-day prophet. Thus saith the Lord, here's the plumb line. Now that you've seen it, you cannot unsee it, and you can get rid of the messenger, but you can't get rid of the message. And so I remember Berta, and I give thanks to God for Berta and all those other prophets 
that stretch from Amos through to today. There may be other prophets on your mind. Give thanks for them, um, and inevitably they will come in conflict with vested interests who are prepared to do violence. And so my prayer this morning is also for journalists uh, who expose the truth to the public, holding that plumb line. And, the, and although these are cautionary tales, and there's not a lot of obvious good news in the scriptures themselves, it seems to me that the good news is the very fact that once the truth is out, the, the truth cannot be unseen. And historically, you can see the power of that act, that, that in this way we can see in very real, concrete, historical terms the power of God being greater than the powers of sin and death. So we celebrate our prophets. We hope that in our small way we are given the strength to be prophets in our own contexts, where if we are compelled by that vision of the plumb line, when we know what uprightness looks like and it is not taking place, I pray that we all have the courage to say something so that even if we are pilloried for it, this point has been made. And of course, the, the other reality of the, the holding up of the plumb line is that if it is not heeded, then calamity does follow. And in that case, I think that when we think about the state of the church and the chickens that are coming home to roost about residential schools and our treatment of indigenous people in this nation, there have been prophets who have come well before 2021 who have been holding up that plumb line. And, and, it, and if there is anything to celebrate, it's that we were able to heed it at some point prior to 2021. I do remember being at a General Synod in 1998 uh, when Michael Pierce, I believe, had just made his public apology to the indigenous people of this land for our contributions as Anglicans to the violence that was done to them. Um, and uh, I, I, the, the, I, again, I'm looking for good news here, and so I'm looking back to 1998 when a lot of us were upset. We were upset that we were involved in it, that our church was involved in it. We were upset about the consequences to the church, the bad press, the lawsuits, all the things that were coming and still come back at us. And I remember a question from the floor on, at that synod where, uh, where somebody said, did the primate's apology prejudice our legal case against the class action lawsuits? And, and so the word of the Lord on that day came from a lawyer. And the lawyer stood up and said in his lawyerly way, it is the opinion of the chancellors that the primate's apology did not materially compromise the case. That said, in the opinion of this chancellor, even if it had, it was nonetheless the right thing to do. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the prophet on the floor of synod, the unlikely prophet of a lawyer. And so I celebrate the prophets. I celebrate the plumb lines that have been held up for us so that what we now see cannot be unseen. And I ask that all of us... Uh, celebrate and revere those uncomfortable voices that shake us out of our complacency and call us to what uprightness really looks like. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.